This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Glory to God. God is so awesome. It's good having you out here on this beautiful Sunday morning. We are in a series and we're ending the series today. It's the last um, message of this series. And the series, the title of it is How to Live Through a Bad Day. And um, I don't know about you, but we're either uh, either going into a challenging day or coming out of a challenging day. And so, you know, even though sometimes we get this idea that if we get Jesus in our life, everything's going to be a rose garden. But there are thorns on those roses. Has anybody ever discovered that? And so you might get a rose, but there are some thorns and you might get your finger pricked, too. And uh, but praise God that uh, we have Jesus and he can, you know, you know, Christians can go through the same problems as the world goes through. You know, we can we can encounter the same type of issues and problems. Um, but if we, you know, and hopefully through this teaching, you, you'll learn how to navigate through some of the issues that we, we deal with in life. Amen. And but don't get this idea just because you have Jesus in your life, you're never going to have a problem. Hey, man, don't get this idea because Jesus, that's it. He's all fix all. And I'm never going to we get this idea that once we get saved, God delivers us out of our problems. No, he he can deliver us from the problems and he can deliver us through the problems. Amen. But he's with us in the issues and the problems of our days. Amen. And that's one thing we can be excited about. And we are we've been looking at a theme verse uh, this month. It's in Hebrews 12, 2. And if you want, you can turn there. But uh, I'm going to go with the message version because the message version is a it's a paraphrase, but it's good. It says, keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. Amen. So it says here that, you know, Jesus, even though Jesus went through, you know, his Good Friday, we we did um, experience Easter a couple weeks back. And and Good Friday was was the day that Jesus was crucified and um, he paid for the sins of mankind. And uh, but it was Good Friday. It wasn't good for him to per se, but it, it was good for us. And thank God that I don't have to pay for my sins. Thank, you, thank God Jesus paid for my sins 2000 years ago. And all I have to do is receive Jesus. Amen. Yes. And receive, you know, the gift of life. Amen. And um, so he paid for it so that we could have what? Abundant life. Amen. Uh, You know, uh, I woke up this morning and the Lord gave me a scripture this morning. I wasn't going to put this in, but uh, it just came ringing to me. And, you know, it's important. I'm going to say this it's important as Christians and some of you are new Christians to 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 read your Bible, to study your Bibles and to get the scriptures in your hearts. Amen. And so when you get the scriptures in your heart, you could even read a scripture maybe six months ago. But, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to be able to pull something out of, you know, in your heart to give to you. Amen. Amen. And so when you when you meditate on scriptures, you may not realize that the med- that the scriptures you meditate on today might be the, the scripture you might need tomorrow. Amen. 
And so we are, you know, as Christians, we need to build a firm foundation uh, of the word of God in our lives. And and so I haven't heard, you know, I haven't read this scripture in a while, but it just came floating to me. And I see it as a parallel scripture to what Jesus went through because Jesus was focused on, you know, the outcome. You know, he, he despised the cross and the shame of it. He didn't want to go through the suffering. And how many people like to suffer in here? Okay, I have no takers. And uh, so he didn't want to go through the suffering as well, but he went through it for us. And so in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18, this is a scripture that came to me this morning. It says here, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Glory, Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And you may say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? That means that we can't be so focused on, you know, the circumstances of life. We can't be so more focused on that than focused on heavenly things. And we need to start getting a heavenly mindset and be more focused on heavenly things, be more more focused on godly things than on worldly things. And if you want to stay at perfect peace... How many people want to stay in perfect peace? Amen. Amen. If you want to stay in perfect peace, you got to keep your mind stayed on Christ. You got to keep your mind stayed on the fact that this world is not your home. Amen. And that 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 our home is in heaven. And as Christians, we're not going to always feel right down here. Now, now, what, what is the problem with a lot of times is that we feel too good here <laughs> and we don't think about heaven. Amen. And we need to realize this, that heaven is our real home. And thank God there's nice things and God gives us all things to enjoy. And I'm not saying don't enjoy this world, but I say don't get too attached to this world. Amen. Because things are always shifting and changing Amen. and subject to change. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Even your neighbor that you're sitting by is subject to change. Glory to God. So we need to look at that. And so we're looking at we were we have been studying the seven statements of Jesus on the cross. And we've been finding out that these seven statements are life lessons that we can uh, partake of and learn from. To, to help us to navigate our bad day that we might have. And, and so, uh, so, so we're looking at these statements and we're looking at the, the last statement today. And it says here in Luke 23, 44 and 46, it says, it says here, let's look at Jesus' final statement here. It says, now what about this? It says, now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus has cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So this was actually Jesus's last statement on the cross. And so we see here that he, you know, Jesus actually said, no man takes my life. So, you know, you could say, well, who killed Jesus? Uh, the, the Romans, the Jews? Well, n- nobody really killed him. He, he laid down his life willingly. Amen. So he, he gave up his life 
And, you know, he could have called a legion of angels. Amen. He could he could have, you know, called 10,000. He didn't have to. He could have stopped that process anytime. But he went to the cross. He paid the debt so that we wouldn't have to receive the wrath of God. Amen. And so here, it's said here, it's interesting what, what Luke says here, is that darkness covered the earth while Jesus was on, on the cross. Now, right before that, Jesus said, it is finished. And we talked about that last week. And I'm going to say this to you, that there is a time frame of our suffering. And, you know, and that time frame for some of us is at the end. In other words, we're about ready to break through into our blessing place. You might be in a place right now where you're suffering and you're going through a trial in your life. Can I get a witness in here today? But I'm going to say, I'm prophesying to you today. You're at the end of your suffering time. You're about ready to step into the promises of God. If you believe that. And Jesus was at the end. The cup of his suffering was fulfilled. He paid the price for mankind to for mankind to have eternal life he paid the wrath the wrath of god was placed on jesus and that cup of suffering was just about in he said it is finished and then uh we know this that it wasn't completely finished because he still had one more statement to say and he and so but he was saying was that the the process of his suffering was finished can i get an amen, amen. and so here uh, it said here that's interesting that the, that when it when it was finished, in other words, the old system of the covenant that God has set up with how to relate to him has changed. You know, the, the Israelites, the Jews had a system set up through a sacrifice system on how to have God forgive their sins and for them to have a relationship with God. They had to go through a sacrifice system in the Old Testament. And what Jesus, what Jesus was basically the last sacrifice. He was the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And he, and he was saying that this legalistic law system that was set up is finished and now we're in grace. In other words, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Amen. We're not, as a Christian, you're not under God's justice or his judgment. You're under his grace. You're under his mercy. That's why we want to get in Jesus so that we can bypass his wrath. Can I get an amen there? Amen. I'm bypassing the wrath of God and receiving the glory that Jesus paid for, for us to have. Amen. And so here he's, he makes that final statement. And it says, actually, when Jesus said it is finished, he, the, the, there was a, a veil that was set up. It was, a, it was a curtain that was really high up and very thick. And that curtain was 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 um, uh, was blocking. It was it was a room called the Holy of Holies. And it kept, you know, the, you know, the people out and only the priests could go into the Holy of Holies once a year to present sacrifices for the people, for God to forgive the people once a year. And so and so that curtain that was set up really to keep God's glory in. When Jesus said it was finished, that curtain was rent from top to bottom. I believe two angels came and ripped it and said the old system is now taken care of it's it's now complete and there's a whole new system that we're under 
In other words, the glory of God is not going to be just resident in a building or a place, but the glory of God can be resident in believers. Because when you accept Jesus, you accept the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes in and lives in each one of us. And you are now the building of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Can I get an amen there? So, yes, it's great to come to church to get more of God, but you got God on the inside of you. Amen. Praise God. In other words, you bring a little bit of God with you as a believer when you come to church. Hallelujah. And that's why when we come to church together and we worship, that's why we sense the presence and the power of God in this place. Amen. Amen. So that statement that he made was a statement of total surrender. And I'm going to say this to you that that we probably the hardest thing as Christians for us to do even as people is to surrender. You know, you you always say you always want to fight and we we do fight the good fight of faith. The Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith. But God wants us surrendering to him. Amen. He wants us surrendering to his will and what Jesus did that day was that he surrendered to God Almighty. And so really the life key in this is finally you need to surrender your day to God and let it go. We need to learn to surrender. We need to learn to... Sometimes it's hard when somebody does us wrong to let it go. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Sometimes it's hard when things aren't going right in your relationships to let it go. Amen. It's hard to let go what maybe your spouse said to you uh, uh, three days ago that offended you. It, do you, be, you mean we still get offended in marriage? You better believe it. Yes. Amen. It's, sometimes it's very difficult to let things go. I, I have a tendency of holding on to things. And you don't want, sometimes you just need to just let the things go. Amen. In other words, you just got to let it go and let God, you know, handle your problems. And most of us are trying to handle our problems by ourselves. We're We're trying to carry the load, but God never meant for you to carry the load of your problems. In other words, we were meant to give our problems to God. And, you, and you're not made to carry problems. You're not designed to carry worries and cares. You're not designed for that. You know, in Psalms 31, 4 and 5, this is a scripture where Jesus, Jesus actually said, you know, into your, hand, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. But he actually quoted a scripture in Psalms 31, 4 through 5. And so it says here, pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For you are my strength. This is the psalmist speaking. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. And so here, I want to focus here. It says, pull me out of the net. There's another translation that says, pull me out of the trap. And I'm going to say this is when we're encountering issues and problems, one of the biggest traps that the enemy wants to ensnare us into is the trap of holding on to worries and cares and not giving it to God. Amen. And that's a trap. It's a trap. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, uh, if we're concerned, you know, if we're worried about something, we say, well, I'm just concerned about it. That means I care. Yeah. 
You know, a lot of things. Some, you know, we, sometimes we get this idea, well, I have to worry because if I don't worry, I don't care. You know, that's kind of a humanistic way of putting worry. But really, worry is supposed to be placed in the hands of God. Amen. In other words, if you're worrying, that means that you're handling the problem. That means that you're saying that I got it. I'm able to handle the issues of life. But God never wants us. He never intended us to handle the issues of life. He intended us to give the issues of life to God so he can handle them for us. Amen. Amen? And so today I want to talk to you about, about worry. And I think a lot of us worry. How many people worry in here? Don't raise your hand. Some of you might be worrying that this sermon might take too long. Amen. How long are you going to have to endure here? Amen. Don't worry. Be happy. Glory to God. And so I started studying things about what people worry about. And some people worry about their kids. Some people worry about their health. Some people worry about the future. Some people worry about their relationships. And they worry about the people of the relationships that they're in. You know, they worry about that. You know, a lot of us, we want to control people. <laughs> you can't control people. Amen. Amen. You can't change people. Amen. You can't change your spouse, your kids. Only God can do that. Yeah. And for us to be worrying, they're never going to change. Well, they'll never change if you keep talking like that. <laughs> they're always going to act this way. Well, they probably will. If you keep talking like that, amen? No, put them in God's hands. Amen. We, we worry, this one, we worry about what people think about us. Yes, they say so. <laughs> Do we worry about that? I wonder if I'm dressed right. I wonder if, I, I wonder if people are going to judge me. You know, in Sea Life Church, this is a no judgment free zone. Amen. <laughs> We're not going to judge you, amen? amen. Praise yeah. God. We're going to help you, praise God. Yeah. Because we're all going through this faith life and we're all at different levels and we're all growing glory to God. Amen. And this is not a country club for the perfect. No, it's a hospital for the sick. And some of us are a little sicker than others, but we'll keep praying for them. Amen. You ever worry about wasting your time? Some people are worried about that right now. <laughs> Some of the visitors. No, I'm kidding. But of wasting your time. <laughs> Some of you are not going to smile, crack a smile, whatever I say. <laughs> I, you know, I was heading out to, uh, we were heading out to D.C., uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, this past week. And uh, to visit uh, Yin's uh, family. And her mom came down from Florida to uh, visit uh, family up in D.C., so we thought it would be a great opportunity to come visit uh, her mom. And, you know, we're, you know, I'm excited. We're sort of on a little mini vacation for two days, and, and so I get in the car, and I don't know why I get always upset with traffic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like I don't know that there's going to be traffic at, at, you know, we left a little late at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, wow, traffic! Can you believe it? Now, how many people get upset with traffic in here? You know, I mean, I mean, I'm just like you're just huffing and puffing over traffic, and uh, people cutting in, and you know, it's just traffic. I think that's probably one of my one of my pet peeves. And and I'm in there, and I'm just like, what? What is the problem? Why are people slowing down? Is anybody like that out here? And I'm trying to, I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to analyze. You, any analyzers in here? You trying to analyze why things are going wrong? And I'm analyzing. I said, what is the problem? And you know, I, I found out because I started studying about people's phobias this week and worry. And I found out p- some people are afraid of tight places, of small enclosed places. And I thought the tunnel. So, you know, so when everybody comes to the tunnel, they slow down. Why is that? They're freaked out, man. They're freaked out, man. Yeah, this whole society, the world we're living, we the world runs in fear. They don't operate in faith. The world doesn't. They operate in fear. I mean, every commercial, you're gonna, you might get this and you might get that. I mean, it's all fear based. Have you ever, have you ever heard of these commercials? On you know uh, this medicine that you can take and and you're hitting fifty so this is probably going to be your main problem and it's always throws out these fear things and, oh my god I got to get to the doctor <laughs> and then they say well listen if you're dealing with depression you know because everybody is you know you can take this medicine and this medicine will will help you but it also can cause you to be suicidal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you ever ever seen those commercials? You take this medicine, but you can also kill yourself. So, you know, nothing's perfect, right? But it can help, you know. Right? I mean, I'm listening to some of these commercials and some of the side effects. I'm thinking, no way. Thank you. No, thank you. But, you know, you can take the word of God and the word of God has no side effects. The word of God only has benefits and blessings. And the word of God will take away the worries and the fear that society tried to put on us. You know, as I was reading, you know, some people are afraid of global warming. Read your Bible. You wouldn't be afraid of it. Amen. Because God said, when, when I'm done with the earth, then I'm done with man can't just won't be able to destroy the earth is until God's done with it. Amen. Are you hear, hear what I say? Some people are afraid of overcrowding, that the earth will be overcrowded and too much people. It will never happen. Amen. Amen. God has made too much resources in this world. It will never happen. Amen. Amen. And some, and, and what was really interesting was some people are afraid. This is a big one. One of the biggest fears of America. Are you ready for this one? Public speaking. <laughs> people are afraid to talk in front of me. That's why I, I guess that's why I'm having a hard time raising up pastors. I don't know. And, uh, and uh, people are afraid to, to talk in front of a, a group of people. That is a fear. And, you know, actually, people would be more, they would rather die, and that's a fear that people have, than speak in a group of people. In other words, at a funeral, they'd rather be in a casket than given a eulogy. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And that ought not be. Because when we know God, then we should not fear man. Amen. When we have a, a relationship with God Almighty and we're spending time with God, it should take the fear of man out of us. Amen. Amen. Because we're not here to please people. Right. We're here to please God. Amen. And if your heart is to please God, it, you know, 
It doesn't matter what people think about you. Amen. Amen. What really matters is, is what God thinks about you. Because you're not going to be standing on judgment day in front of people in a crowd. You're going to be standing in front of God. And when you stand in front of God, you're going to have to give an account how you lived your life. And hopefully you're not living your life for other people. To please other people. Hopefully you're living your life for God. Because in that day, that's what's going to count. Amen. Amen. And so we're, we're going to look at worry here. And Jesus had some things to say about worry. And in Matthew 6, 24, and uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, some really good chapters um, about Jesus. And he talks about the Sermon on the Mount. And then, he, then he, he, he talks about worry. And we're going to look at this scripture and we're going to go into the worry chapter, I, I call it. And let's, let's start with Matthew 6, 24 and work our way down. And it says here that now some people may uh, debate if this is part of the worry chapter, but I, I would say it has everything to do with it. And in verse 24, it says, no one, this is Jesus speaking, can serve two masters for he either will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Amen. So here, you know, right before that, Jesus was talking about laying up your treasures in heaven. And here he, he starts talking about you can't serve God and money. In other words, you can't serve God and wealth. You know, in other words, wealth is competing uh, with God. Amen. Riches are competing with God. Now, it shouldn't because within God, you can be wealthy. Amen. The Bible says God will add wealth to us and add no sorrow with it. Amen. But he adds wealth to us not because we're in love with the wealth. It's because we're in love with God. Amen. And because we're in love with God, God loves us and he blesses us. Amen. 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 And so here, I believe that a lot of fears are connected with our finances. Amen. It, it not having enough. And this is what Jesus says here. And he says here in Matthew 6, uh, 25, working down, says, therefore, I say to you. See, notice it says, therefore, that's connecting to what he just said about money, about either serving God or money. And he says here, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they are neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Amen. Thus the song, His eye is on the sparrow. And, he, and I know that He cares for me. Amen. So, so, are you not more valuable than they? Uh, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his statue? In other words, by worrying, it's not going to make you taller. Amen. Amen. If it did, I would be 10 foot tall. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, so it's not going to add anything to your statue. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? 
or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father's knows that you need of these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is it's its own trouble. Now, we see here that we need to learn to put things in God's hands. And, and worry, really, if we're worrying, really, that is a form of pride. Boy, that's, it's quiet in this church today. And a lot of people say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, it, it's saying that, that, that you have to be in control. You have to be handling the problem. You have to do it, right? It, it's a form of you taking charge over that thing and instead of giving it to God. And 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says it this way. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteousness, righteous pride, so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service. At the appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So we see here... Peter is saying here, he's saying that we need to humble ourselves under God. And by how, how, how do we humble ourselves? By casting our cares on the Lord. Amen. Amen. In other words, that's humility. That's saying, I, I, I'm not big enough to handle it. God, God has to handle this thing for me. I'm not strong enough to handle it. God has to handle this thing for me. I mean, unbelievers, they don't have anything to turn to. Amen. But we have God to turn to. Amen. And so we we need to understand this. And I believe this, that fear or worry is the root of most of our problems. Amen. Can I say it again? I, I believe that fear or worry is the, is the root of most of our problems. Last week, we talked to, about Job in the Old Testament. And Job was a man of God that um, that that Satan attacked. And he, you know, his his life was in tattered and torn. And uh, we found out, you know, that, that Job really had a hard time. He went through, you know, his bad day. And we talked about Job. But but what people don't realize, and when you study the scriptures, there's hidden things in the scriptures that you have to pull out. And Job had some fears that was not really revealed, you know, like out there, but it was out there. Job had fears about his children, his wealth, and his health. And let me prove this out, because when you study the book of Job, you'll find out that it said Job made sacrifices for his children, thinking that they may have sinned in their hearts against God, and he made sacrifices on a daily basis, and he did this, and this was right at the very beginning. Before Job was attacked, he was making these sacrifices just in case his kids weren't doing right. You know, you, you, I'm going to say as parents, you just need to give your kids over to the Lord. Amen. Amen. You, you, you're going to have to learn to cast your cares on the Lord and give your children to God and, and start believing the best. Amen. 
over them instead of believing the worst. And so, so Job had that issue. And in Job 3.25, it says here, uh, this is the real, the, I really believe the key to Job's problem. It says in Job 3.25, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of has come unto me. So what this was saying was that Job was, was highly developed in his fears. In other words, he, he was highly developed. In, th- in other words, he m- must have been believing that he could lose it all. He must have been believing that, that you know, that he was going to eventually lose his health. He must, because he said, the, the very thing I feared. In other words, what fear is, is having faith in the negative. It's saying, oh, man, I'm afraid I'm not going to. Some of us are afraid we're we're, we're not going to make it to heaven, you know. No, God is the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. And the work he begun in you, he's going to complete to the day of Christ. Amen. Some of us are afraid we're not going to make it to the end. (laughs) But no, put your trust in God. Hallelujah. And Job fears, I believe, open the door for the enemy to come in. I believe that God allowed the enemy to come in so that God could, so that Job could learn some things through the process to know God better because I don't believe that Job repeated the same things or had the same fears after the turmoil that he went through. And the Bible says he came through with double for his trouble. Amen. I believe he learned to trust God. Yes. And we're going to have to learn to trust God. God doesn't want us living out of fear. He doesn't want us living our Christian life out of fear. Oh, I better do this or this will happen. That's not. No, we need to walk in faith. If we do this, this will happen. The blessings will come in. Don't, don't, as in tithing, don't say, oh, I got to tithe and the curse is going to come upon me. Say, no, I get to tithe and I will be under an open heaven. Amen. See, there's two ways of looking at it when you're giving to God. You're either giving out begrudgingly and out of fear or you're giving in faith. Yes. Maybe that's why some of our, our giving isn't working. And some, and some of you, you think, oh, well, I am giving, but are you giving with the right motive? If you, are you giving with the right heart? Are you giving out of love? Amen. Is it motivated by love? Glory to God. And that's and that's where the blessing is. In Philippians 4, 6, I want you to put this in your arsenal because you need this in your arsenal of of scriptures when the enemy attacks you. Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything and said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So listen. You're either going to worry or pray, but don't do both. <laughs> In other words, you know, if you're going to worry, don't even worry about, don't even pray. And if you're going to pray, then don't worry. <laughs> That's what prayer is all about. It's getting God involved. Amen. Really, prayer is not a rehearsal of your problem, but no, it's a confession of the promise. So really, a lot of people think prayer is, God, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. Can't you see I'm suffering? Help me, God. Do this. Do that. And we do this every day in our prayer life. And all we're doing is telling God and we're rehearsing the problem every day. And guess what you're going to have? Problems. 
No, you need. Yeah, there is a time to, to to talk to God about your problem, but then there's a time to let that give that problem to God, and then pick up God's promise and start speaking that. And say, even though I'm going through this problem, God, you're bigger than this problem. And there's going to have to be a time where you let go of the, you know, Job had a problem with, you know, he just kept talking about the issues and the problems and, and through the whole course until God had to talk to him. You know, and he, he wasn't too positive. And a lot of times we're not too positive, positive when we're in the problem, but we need to get positive. Amen. Amen. So, so again, let me sum it up. Prayers, giving your problems to the Lord and letting them go. So what happens when we pray and give it to God? Philippians 4, 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So as we pray and we give it to God, then guess what? We can experience his peace. And some of you are saying, well, I have done that. But five minutes later, I'm, I'm in turmoil. <laughs> Jesus. Have you ever been there? Oh, man, I went to church. I felt good. The pastor prayed for me. It was done. I got in the car. And I, oh, I don't know what happened, man. Are you hearing what I I don't know what happened. See, my whole life is falling apart. It was good in church. I only could just keep that church experience. Amen. But you know what? Listen, it's <laughs> in Philippians 8, it said, you know, if you want to keep that, if you want to keep that, you've got to think on things that are good, things that are right, things that are of good report. You want to think of things that are lovely. In other words, you've got to start thinking on the right things and quit thinking on the wrong things. Because the devil will try to put a picture and put the wrong things and show you what's not right going on. But look at what is right going on. Amen. Amen. And you're, you're, you're constantly thinking, but you have to change the way you think. Amen. You have to start thinking right. You know, you know, the Bible actually says this in the love chapter. Love thinks no evil. Amen. What does that mean, pastor? That means we don't think we don't think somebody's, you know, you know, somebody could be whispering over there in a the corner. And then you get the thought they're talking about you. That's right. <laughs> Amen. That's right. Like when I preach and two people are talking, oh, man, they don't like my sermon, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then I wanted to give a sermon on whisperers in the church. <laughs> Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Be careful. Don't be whispering to each other. It makes the pastor nervous. And so, but we, but, but really, we have to start thinking right. And so as we think right, we will speak right and we will act right. Amen. And we have to think no evil. In other words, we have to believe they're not whispering about us that it's something bad. They're whispering something good. Amen. Just turn it around. Yes. Amen. Praise God. So that's how we can experience. Now I want to give you three points before I close out today. We're about ready to close out. Three points on how to walk in this grace of peace. Do you want those three points this morning? Amen. And, and it's, 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 back, it's going back to Matthew 6, 31 and 32. 
And, and this is what it says. It says, let's go back to Matthew 6, 31, 32. It says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we be clothed with? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So what we need to do is, uh, the first key is, we just need to get to know God. And some of us know God, but we just need to get to know God better. Amen. And see, when you get to know God better, amen, then getting to know God develops your faith. And when you have more faith, you'll have more trust. And when you have more trust, you'll have less stress, less worry. The more you trust God, the less you worry about things. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And what we have is, we don't have a stress problem, we have a trust problem. We're not trusting God like we need to. And so what we need to do is we need to get to know God more. We need to get to know who He is. He's a good and merciful Heavenly Father. He's loving and kind. He's always there for us. He will never leave us or forsake us. We need to get a revelation of that. We need to get to know him better. Yeah. Amen. What, what, what here, uh, two, we, we need to, uh, well, back to this first point, that the, it says that the people of the world, they seek after these things. They worry about stuff, not having enough, because they don't know God. And so if you know God, you should not worry about those things. In other words, the second point that that I'm going to make here is that we need to put God first in every area of our life. Put God first. You know, it says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to us. Listen, if we start running after God and his kingdom and doing what he wants us to do, he's going to add everything else to us. Amen. And he will add no sorrow with it. He will add blessings. He will add wealth. He will add increase. But he won't add any sorrow. Why? Because we're not going to be so concerned about keeping it because we know he's keeping us. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And if if you're all wrapped up in what you own and what you have and that's what, you know, motivates you, then then you're 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 in trouble as a Christian. What should motivate you is what you have in God, eternal life. Amen. Amen. But I'm not discounting blessing. I'm not discounting wealth. God has created that all. And and I'm not telling you to take a, a vow of poverty this morning, but I'm saying don't put your trust in uncertain riches. Amen. Just because your bank account is full, that should not determine the extent of your happiness. Amen. The, the level of your bank account, the level of your health, the level of your relationships should not, should not uh, you know, give the, the amount of your, of your joy. Amen? Amen. Amen? That should not determine how joyful you are, how fat your bank account is. Amen. Is that is that good? Because some of us are thinking, well, as soon as I get enough money, I'm going to be happy. As soon as I no, you won't. Amen. As soon as I get that bigger car, it's just going to be a higher. It's just going to be a higher bill, Amen. and gas is going to be more pricier. Amen. You're going to be complaining about something. Boy, this gas. You know, I bought my new Nissan, and I and, and not more than three months later, I'm saying, boy, this gas man, it's expensive. It has to take high tests, and I'm complaining about the new car I'm driving. Because of the gas. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? No, but God will satisfy you. Amen. Amen. And then we, the, the third key is that we need to live one day at a time. 
Don't open your umbrella until it's time to rain. Amen. Live one day at a time. That's what Jesus said here. He says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. So what is he saying here? He's saying is that God will give you faith for today. He's not giving you faith for tomorrow or next week. The faith you run on is the faith that you're walking in today. He will give you faith for today. Don't worry about if you're going to be able to make it tomorrow. Just make it today. Yes, amen. Say, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to be living for Christ next week. Just live for him today. Amen. Hallelujah. Just do your best today. Yes, just walk with him today. Yes. And guess what? Then the next day comes up and just do the same thing. Amen. And the next day comes and pretty soon you have a legacy of faith. Hallelujah. Pretty soon now you've been living for God all your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because you just take it one day at a time. Amen. Putting God first place in your life. Yes. Making him the central figure in your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And as you take these keys and you focus on these keys, I believe you'll be walking in more peace. You'll be walking in more rest. Glory to God. You're not going to have fear control you. You're not going to have the circumstances manipulate you. No, you're going to have the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. He'll lead you beside the still waters. Amen. Amen. He will restore your soul. Yes, thank you, Lord. Put your trust in God. Hallelujah. Surrender your life to God and let him live your, his life through you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just give you honor and glory this morning. And Father, I just thank you for those that are in this auditorium this morning and uh, and I thank you for those that are watching online. And Father, I, I know that there's people that are dealing with stress, worries, perhaps Christians. Perhaps there's people that haven't, they haven't made you Jesus Lord of their lives. Uh, or, or they have and they're not following you like they need to. And I'm going to say this today, that if you want peace, you need to start walking with God. And you need to walk with Him closer. So if that's you today and you know you either need Christ in your life or you need a closer walk with him, I'm not going to call you up here, but I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I see those hands. Thank you very much. And perhaps online you you are there, too, and you know you need a closer walk with God. I want to lead you through a prayer that will help you to experience the peace that God wants each one of us to experience. Just say this prayer after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I'm turning my life over to you fully, and I'm not taking it back. And I ask you to give me that peace that surpasses all understanding as I walk with you. And thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.